Hey, Luke, have you been looking for a new Daily Fantasy Sports app? You know, I have really been jonesing for one. I got the perfect one for you, Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. For example, your man, Mookie Betts, will he have over or under one and a half RBIs? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Got that? I got it. All right, so go check out Thrive Fantasy. If you use the promo code, bring in the heat, or bring the heat, B-R-I-N-G-T-H-E-H-E-A-T, when you sign up, they will match your first deposit of up to $10. So you deposit $10, you have $20 to play with now. Go check it out. I know that we've already had some people reach out to us about their success. They've won some of their latest, uh, I would say, bets. So go check it out. That's Thrive Fantasy, one of the best and newest uh, daily fantasy sports apps out there. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. The boys are back. Episode 33 of the Bring... The boys are back in town. boys are back in town. Yes, they are. We are back. 33rd episode, and it will not be two hours this time, we promise. It is... What's wrong with two hours, man? Nothing's wrong. It was just long, but again, it's Zach, and Luke is back again, and I think he's here to stay for good. I had a rough day today. I just want to start by saying that. Yeah. I was wa- I was watching the, the basketball tournament. Literally the first game busted my entire bracket. <laughs> yeah. The I, first game, man. Tw- Twitter was blowing up about that. Luckily, I didn't do a bracket. I never. I normally do one every year, but this year I just I, I didn't do it for some reason. I was upset. I picked Louisville, and they got smacked. Who'd they lose to? Minnesota, dude. I picked Louisville because Minnesota was one and eleven in their last twelve games. <laughs> one and eleven. Well, they were due for one then. Yeah, I guess so. Somewhere, Rick Pitino's like. He was at the game because his son is the coach for Minnesota. Oh, <laughs> that hurts even more for Louisville. Yeah. Um. So as as always, we're gonna go right into uh, NFL. And again, making our airing it out segment is the NFL. Luke, do you want to explain? Uh, dude, I, the media, bro. I don't get it. I really don't get it. They say one thing, then they say the next thing the next day. It doesn't make sense. Get your stories right. Get your facts right. Let's talk about Dwayne Haskins here. First, yesterday, 
No, not yesterday. Tuesday, when we recorded our first episode this week, they were saying, oh, the Giants aren't interested in Dwayne Haskins. They haven't scouted him at all. Not even gone to his pro day. Next day is his pro day. Literally everybody from the Giants is there. Head coach, general manager, O-line coach, quarterback coach, player personnel. And then another report comes out after the, that they met with him, had dinner with him and everything. Basically told him they're going to draft him at six probably. And then all of a sudden the report comes out. Nobody scouted Dwayne Haskins harder than the Giants did. Which one is it, bro? Make up your freaking minds. Yeah. Excuse the hell out of me, man. Yeah, it was funny because we were. I basically I read that they stopped scouting him, and then the yeah. next the next day I see that they went to dinner, and I'm like, man, the media is making us look bad. It doesn't make sense because, dude, they how could they possibly scout Dwayne Haskins more than anybody else when they were scouting Justin Herbert all season? The quarterback <laughs> from Florida. that well, makes no sense. Well, any they he's the person they scouted the most who's in the draft. Oh, so they really haven't scouted him, is what you're saying? Exactly. <laughs> so, so only a small Aaron and out, but media stop making us look bad. For real, man. You know, uh, I, I thought we were on the ball with our reports, and then boom. I mean, we were on the ball. It's just the real, yeah. the real sources, the one that get paid the big bucks, weren't. Yeah, I guess. Um. So, we don't really have to go into too much detail about some of these things, but Julio Jones and the Falcons are talking extensions. About um, time. Yeah, it's about time, but I mean, I don't really know how many years he'll get because he is getting older. How old is what, 29 right now? Yeah, I think he'll be 30 next year, which, you know, for football, that's pretty old. Yeah, yeah I'd give him a four-year deal. Why not? No, I think four-year is... Uh, is good. I think that's a solid deal. He's, he's never really hurt. He's he's kind of durable. He's always there. The only injury he, I know he's had was that foot injury, and that was like his second year in the league. Yeah, and normally if he's banged up, he still plays. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Julio Jones is is one of the probably one of the most consistent receivers of our time. I would think. Yeah, I would say so. Um, Minus touchdowns, but yeah, he is. No, yeah, but you know he's still gonna put up close to 100 yards a game uh-huh. uh last year he didn't find the end zone i don't think until like six yeah it was, it was a while um and then so then we got um potential suitors for jordan howard so i just wanted to touch on this a little bit because it seems like that news story has kind of died down a little bit um but i would think with the bears uh Signing Mike Davis, and there's a chance that they're going to take someone in the in the draft at running back. He's got to be gone soon. So again, I don't think they get any more than a fifth round pick for him. But I think just waiting until after the draft to trade him. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Um, but like thinking about suitors, who who do we think that Jordan Howard could go to? Uh, if the Raiders somehow mess up and they don't get their guy a running back, the Raiders. I can see them trading for Jordan Howard easily. Yeah, I think the Raiders are a team. Do they still have Doug Martin? Um, I, you know what? I really don't know. He might be a free agent. Yeah, Doug Martin kind of fell off. I feel like I could also see the Tampa Bay. 
I think the they do need a running back because uh, Ronald Jones the second he was horrible last year. Yeah, and Doug Martin is a free agent right now. Yeah, I mean, I would say either the Raiders or Tampa Bay. Those are the two teams that I think have have. I wouldn't say glaring holes, but they could use a running back. Yeah, they could. Any other teams, or you think that's it? Uh, no, the Raiders are my pick, and you picked a bit. The, the Bucks, maybe the Packers could, but I don't. They probably they obviously wouldn't trade in division, especially to the team that beats the crap out of them all the time. And I also think that they like Jones there as their running back. Aaron Jones. Yeah, he kind of came alive last year. Did pretty well. Yeah, he's not bad as long as he's on the field. Um, so Tampa Bay. Speaking of Tampa Bay, speaking of the Bucks, yeah. Um, they hired two female assistant coaches. Um, you have LOL next to that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Where? It says it says female assistant coaches. Oh, never mind. It says Lori Locust. It says Lori Locust. That's the lady's <laughs> name. I can't, <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> oh man. Um. And then uh, she's going to be the de- the assistant defensive line coach. And then uh, there's Meryl. How do you pronounce Javetifer. that? What is it? Javadifer. Yeah, that. And she's going to be the strength and conditioning coach. So, so what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I guess it's cool. I mean, if they know the game, why why shouldn't they be allowed to coach it? You know, if they're knowledgeable and they can help a player develop their skills that they need to. Remember, well, obviously, obviously, Bruce Arians sees something in them. He's been around for almost 30 years coaching in the NFL. So, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. The only so if you see something in them, why not? I think uh, the strength and conditioning thing, sure. Like, I feel like, you know, if you can if you can put together a good workout, then, you know, I think that's what strength and conditioning coaches do for the most part. Um, they keep their players, getting their players stronger and healthy and all that stuff. But yeah. the defensive line one is a little weird. I'm not saying a female can't do it. I She's just, actually the the head defensive line coach in uh, the AAF right now for Birmingham. Yeah, it's just very weird because you know, it is like, weird. like someone, like you would think that they, you know, most of the time a coach is someone who's played that sport or played that position, mm-hmm. something like that. And so for someone who's most likely never played football and probably didn't play defensive line, it's a little weird. But I guess, like you said, if they know the game and they can do it, go for yeah. it. Something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're seeing it more and more every year. Last year, it was the first female ref. This year, the coaches. And then Becky Hammond in the NBA. She's assistant head coach to Greg Popovich for the Spurs. Yeah, I would say basketball is a little different, though, because you have the WNBA. Yeah, and the people on the Spurs are saying, like, Becky Hammond is, like, the best assistant coach they've ever had. So, Do you remember when the the Browns were going to – we were talking about interviewing – Condoleezza Rice? Yeah. (laughs) What the hell does she know about football? (laughs) I, I mean, she may know it. I, I can't say she doesn't, but I, you know, she used to be in the White House, and now or the Senate or whatever, you know, and then she, the head coach for the Browns. Come on. <laughs> it was just funny because look at where the Browns were and look at where they are now. <laughs> Literally a, a four month difference. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, so moving on, Justin Houston uh, signed with the Colts, two years, twenty four. Great signing. Yeah, 24 mil. I kind of like it because, you know, they're just making that defense stronger. The Colts are a team. They're just, you know, picking up guys that are filling holes, and I think the Colts are going to be right back to where they were last year. Yeah, he, and he's like the perfect complement to Darius Leonard. 
he Leonard's like the all around linebacker and Houston's like that pass rusher that they needed. So that that fixed that fills a glaring hole that they had. Yeah, I think he's gonna have a really good year there as well. Um and then, then we got Tyree Kill. So yeah. so we talked about him a little bit last week and now this week, um you had sent me an article actually from Bleacher Report that and I think Jay Glazer is the one that reported it. There was yeah. um there was trade talks before any of this domestic violence stuff popped up. So now you would think with this there that gives them more initiative to trade him. But less initiative from other teams to trade for him. Yes, agreed. And and for a guy who's probably worthy of a first round pick, you're probably not getting anything I would say earlier than a fourth. Yeah, you know, I I don't see them getting even that just because of the baggage he comes with, you know. Yeah, and and I think if if it does come out that this happened and it is this bad, they are going to be forced to cut him. So yeah, they're going to have to because so, they cut Kareem Hunt for something much less. So it's just crazy to me that he was thought about. They thought about trading him, then they thought about making him the highest paid, and now he might not have a job. Hey, he's going to be a. Uh, free agent after this next season anyway. So whether he gets suspended or cut for the whole season, he's going to be available. So Yeah, um, definitely definitely interesting. After we signed off last time, dude, uh, Baltimore would be a good fit for him too. Oh, yeah, they, they have no receivers. None. Willie Sneed. Lev Bell would be crazy. Willie Sneed is the only I'm returning guy. Bell. What am I, an idiot? Oh my god, him and Mark Ingram. I said Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> yeah, that would be good, but you know, I don't know. I I think he might be out of the league if this is all proven true. Yeah, I, I you know, I think uh he's been given one too many chances. Yeah, not necessarily in the NFL, but you know, in his life. Just life in general, yeah. Yeah, I would I would have to agree with you on that. And then um so this is kind of funny. Kaepernick and uh, Eric Reed settled for less than $10 million each with uh, the NFL lawsuit. When this went down, they made such a big deal out of it, and they were stating it's an astronomical amount of money, and they're not going to announce it. They're going to keep it under wraps because it's so much money, so much money. This dude settled for less than $10 million each. (laughs) They're both getting less than $10 million. Eric Reed's contract might be more than that. Yeah, he's stupid. No wonder why he's still asking for twenty million dollars to play in the AAF and the XFL. Yeah, now, I was out here thinking he got like eighty million dollars because he settled, and he's going to donate like half of that. Why? Ten million bucks, and you're settling? He could have got way more than that, dude. Yeah, probably. Um, but maybe he's in financial uh, crisis or something. Yeah, because he gives away all of his money. I mean, it's a great thing to donate to charity and to, you know, people who actually need it, but, bro, support yourself. Yeah, I would, as much as I'd love to donate to charity, you know, I got to make sure that I have a roof over my head first before I can help others. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, don't, I so, just don't get it. So we're just going to grade. So the off season's kind of, I'm not going to say it's dwindling down, but, you know, the big free agents have all basically been signed. A lot of the trades have happened already. Um, so we're going to go through and we're going to give a grade A through F on, uh, the trades that happened so far. Are we doing grades for like both sides of the trade? Like who won the trade and stuff? Yeah, you could do that. 
Yeah, we can uh, we can say who won. I mean, I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. All right. So the first one. All right, Flacco yeah. to Denver. Uh, I'm gonna give that an F. For who? Denver. An F for Denver. F for Denver, and I'm gonna get it. Give it an A for the Ravens because that means they're finally moving on, which they needed to do. Um, they're giving the keys to Lamar. You gotta trust him at this point. He brought you to the playoffs. Just go with it. You gotta roll with the hot hand right now. And even the receivers last year were saying Lamar's our quarterback. Lamar's our quarterback. Lamar's our quarterback. Um, and then Flacco going to Denver. That's just. John Elway taking his last shot at glory again. He sees himself in every single old, old, like you know, quarterback that he trades for or acquires. And then Flacco's really, you know, he's probably the same player, if not worse, than Case Keenum at this point in his career. I mean, he's 34. That's kind of young for a quarterback. We'll, we'll see what he has left in the tank. But I, I don't know. We'll see. He has weapons there in Denver, more than he did in, in Baltimore. So I kind of have some high hopes for him, but we'll see. Yeah, because of those hopes and because I, we've seen what Flacco is capable of as far as being good, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a D. I'm not going to give it an F. I'm not going to call it a total stinker, but um, I'm going to give it a D, but I will give it an A for Baltimore because I, I just like what you said, you know, there's a time to move on for everything, and I think that that was, you know, it's officially the time. So uh, an A for Baltimore and a, and a D for Denver. I think... Um, moving on from Flacco probably saved Harbaugh's job. Yeah, I agree. And I'll change the grade for Denver from an F. I'll give it a C if they draft a quarterback at number ten. Because uh, then they they have a Super Bowl winning quarterback. They've that been they can, that can groom them, you know, that he can learn from. Yeah, they've been linked to Daniel Jones, and they love tall quarterbacks. Paxton Lynch. Oh. So. Oh. uh Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler. Yep. <laughs> we'll see, so, man. I don't know. So Daniel Jones will be the next one. Well, like, it's the same. I think this is the same situation as Peyton Manning. Now, clearly, Peyton Manning and Joe Flacco are not on the same level at all. But, like I said, it's just always, you know, well, last shot at glory. And the defense was much better when Peyton played. Yeah. And dude, their defense is still good. Yeah, it's still good, but it's not as good. I heard that they might be looking to trade Chris Harris, though, so I don't know. Yeah, he's getting older as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next trade was Deshaun Jackson to Philly. Um, I'm going to give that an A on both sides because Philly needed a, a guy to you know stretch the field. They don't have mm-hmm. they don't have that in Aguilar as a slot guy who is hit and miss, and Jeffrey's good, but he can't stretch the field. So it and at the end of the day, Tampa had no choice, you know. So they shed a contract. Um, they have good receivers already, and I like Chris Godwin and obviously Mike Evans. They can draft an, another receiver. Two, yeah, but they can draft another guy. Um, That's true. I feel like they've they've done pretty well drafting receivers. So um, I give it an A for both because I feel like really Tampa didn't have a choice. So, you know, they moved on, shed some salary, and, you know, Deshaun Jackson goes to a place that really he wanted to be and the Eagles had a need there anyway. Yeah. It's a place he calls home. You know, he's, he's comfortable with that system already. And he's always loved Philly, even though, you know, Chip Kelly got rid of him. 
Um, he always, you know, he didn't blame the city for it. He just blamed the organization, which, you know, most players do. But he stayed in the NF- NFC, and he stuck it to the Eagles every time he played them. Yep. And you see that a lot. Like, revenge games is a common thing. And now that he's home, he's looking to repeat, or not repeat, but he's looking to bring another title back. And I think with D-Jax, it brings that, neck, that like, that peace, that, that void that he left. He's going to fill his own void because last year they had Golden Tate. He did well, but he wasn't going to fill exactly what, you know, DJX left. You know what I'm saying? They've been missing that home run. Like, you didn't Mm -hmm. see too many big plays from the Eagles. They were still good, but you didn't see those 70-yard touchdown catches. No, you didn't. So that kind of brings another weapon to them. They just need a running back. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually surprised that, they're looking for running back because Josh Adams did extremely well for what they expected out of him last year. And they kind of like, all right, kid, here you go. Let's see what you can do. And he filled the shoes pretty well of uh, Jay Ajayi. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Eagles are actually another team linked to Jordan Howard. I just don't know how well he would fit that system. It's, it's kind of like the same system as the Bears, and he didn't really do so high in it, you know? And then they're just going to move him. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they'll do what they did with LeGarrette Blunt and just use him as a goal line back. Yeah, they could. Um, so the other one is Michael Bennett Ugh. to the Patriots. <laughs> and, you know, I think that I'm going to give Philly an A for the last trade for DJX. And then for this one, I'm going to give him an A, too. I, I just personally do not like Michael Bennett. Yeah, I would give it an A for Philly, but I would also give it an A for the Patriots because any trade they make is always an A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. you know, they got they lost Trey Flowers. And they they needed they lost both D tackles too, so yeah. they basically have no, you know, front line. And have, getting Michael Bennett is that's awesome to get that rusher that they needed. And then for the the Eagles, it frees up a spot. You know, there's not so much of a a log jam on the defensive line because last year the defensive line just had too many people. You had Haloti Nada, you had Brandon Graham, you had Fletcher Cox, and then you had Michael Bennett to that, and Chris Long. There's just too many people. Yeah. And but the only thing is Chris Long hasn't said whether he'll play or not yet. But even so, there's still a lot of people. Michael Michael Bennett will probably put up ten sacks this year. Yeah, probably because you know he's going to come in with that chip on the shoulder. He had a down season last year. Now everybody's saying that he's old and can't do it anymore. And they did that in Seattle. And then when they said that, he came out bald. Then he got traded to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, the next one is the brand. Uh, Antonio Brown to the Raiders. I give the Raiders an A plus, and I give the Steelers. <laughs> I give the Steelers an F. <laughs> like yeah, if I there's agree. any, I agree if there's anything less than an F, I would give it to them. <laughs> John Gruden fleeced the Steelers on this man. He got he ugh, robbed them, robbed them. Yeah, I don't even think we have to elaborate on that because we talked about yeah. it before. But just go look at the trade, and you'll know. <laughs> Wait, what was it, like a fourth-round pick? Third and a fifth. That's horrible. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, then uh, uh, Zietler to the Giants um, for uh, Olivier Vernon. Brown, oh, yeah. So basically, they, they redid the trade, and it's Odell and OV, Olivier Vernon, and a fifth-round pick to the Browns for Kevin Zietler, Jabril Peppers, and a third-round pick. So, I'm going to give the Browns an A because they filled every void that they needed. They got rid of Josh Gordon last year. 
Um, they got rid of uh, a couple other receivers too. Like Rashard Higgins is gone, and now Rashad Perriman's gone. I know Perriman's not that great, but he he kind of filled in a role there. And then they get Odell, possibly the best receiver and the biggest star in the NFL today. And now he's with his best buddy. So that just made that offense even more explosive. And then they they got rid of Jamie Collins, and now they got Olivier Vernon to fill that void of the pass rusher, that defensive end that they needed. So he's going to be playing opposite of Miles Garrett. And the Giants, I'm going to give them a B plus. Ooh. They needed that offensive lineman. They needed a safety to replace Landon Collins. And then they got a pick out of it as well. So... You know, uh, they got the first-round pick, not the third-round pick. They, they let the Browns keep the third-round pick. Um, this just goes into the rebuilding phase and how they're going to build a better team because now they have two first-round picks. Whether they trade both of them to move up, we'll see. It's yet to be known. Um, I'll give the Browns an A+. Plus. I'll give the Giants a B-. minus. Um, I don't know. I just feel like... When you get rid of, I know Vernon hasn't played, but Vernon was a pro bowler before he went to the Giants. Um, yeah, he hasn't played, but every time he's been on the field, he's made an impact. Exactly, and then again, Odell is Odell. So I think, I don't know, I think the Giants could have gotten a little more, but it's not like they got fleeced. You know, they, they didn't get robbed. They still got decent pieces. So, um, yeah, I'll give them a B-, minus, only because... I don't know. It's it's tough to give you someone a good grade when you get rid of arguably one of the best players in football. I think they should have got uh, a little more pick wise. You know, I think they could have got like uh, they should have kept that third round pick in that trade. They shouldn't, you know, have worked it out where the Browns keep it. Um, uh, yeah, they they definitely could have got more picks out of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, Case Keenum to the Redskins. Hmm. I feel like the the Redskins are just doing the same thing as the Broncos. I give I give the Redskins an A for this, and you're gonna be like, why? But I feel like Keenum is actually better than Flacco, and I honestly at this point think that Keenum can win them some games and actually play decent in that offense. So and and they didn't give up anything for him. They gave up like a six round pick. And so for me, I think that that's a good trade. Um, and I'm going to give the. It's a good value trade, yeah. I'm going to give the Broncos a D because I think Keenum is actually better than Flacco. And I mean, that grade can go up, like you said, if they draft a quarterback. But at this moment, I'm going to give them a D because I feel like they just made that position worse. Yeah. And they, did they give them a pick? Uh, for Flacco? No, I think it was Keenum and a pick for the six-round pick from the Redskins. Yeah, they might have. I don't remember. I think it was a seventh round, so I, I, I guess they're just moving up. I don't know. Just I don't know what the, the Broncos are doing. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, do you want to give a grade for that? or? Uh, I'm going to go double D because I like them. <laughs> okay. Uh, so then we got Tannehill to the Titans. What is going on with the Titans? Who knows? Do, do they believe in Mariota? Do they not believe in Mariota? Well, I would think not. Uh, yeah, obviously. I'm going to give it an F. Yeah, I'm going to give it an F for the Titans because, yeah, but... yeah they're, that just doesn't make any sense. And Tannehill no. sucks. For the Dolphins, I'm, I'm going to give it a D because 
Actually, you know what? I'm going to give it a C because they upgraded. They got Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. afterwards. I'm so gonna, I'm going to give it an A, and here's why. They got rid of Tannehill's entire contract. He was getting a lot of money. That's true. He was getting true. $24 million a year. So they freed up a lot of cap space by getting rid of him. I didn't realize the Titans took the whole contract. Yeah. Yeah, that ups my, my pick. I'll give it a B. Mm-hmm. And the prob- they, there's rumblings going around that they're going to trade up to get Haskins before the Giants do. How will you feel about that? I'd be happy. I don't care. <laughs> because I, I really want Josh Rosen. I wanted Rosen last year. I want him now. It's possible. It better happen. Um, then we got D Ford to the 49ers. Um, That's confusing, too. Like, they gave him so much money for one good year. I'm going to give it a C for the Chiefs because... I feel like they have glaring holes on defense now. Like, their defense was already pretty bad last year. Yeah. And I feel like this year now they've just lost more pieces, aside from Tyra Matthew. They fired their defensive coordinator, and they're switching their scheme. They're going from a 3-4 to a 4-3. And D. Ford and Justin Houston, they're not hand-on-the-ground defensive linemen. They're stand-up linebackers, edge rushers. So that's why that's the only reason they got rid of him. Yeah, that's true. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like D four probably could have done that a little bit better than what Houston could have. Yeah, probably. I think he could have made the adjustment like you know faster because he's four years younger than Houston. But uh, it took him to be twenty eight years old for him to finally have a good season. You know. Well, and that's why like I give I don't I'm not going to give it a good grade for the 49ers either. I'm going to give it a, a C. The, yeah, just see on both ends. I'm gonna give it a C based on the potential that D Ford has, but you know he had one good season or two good seasons, you know. So he's already like he's already sneaky old. You know, you know who his comp is for me, Jason Pierre-Paul, because Jason Pierre-Paul really only had two good seasons for the Giants if you look at his stats, and then they gave him all this money, and then they just traded him away for a fifth round pick. That's what I feel the Chiefs did with D Ford. Yeah, I would agree. All right, we have two more trades, both linemen. We got us. Actually, uh, to the Jets. I think that is a great move for the Jets. Yeah, I agree. They fill the hole at line, give uh, Bradford more protection. I give that an A. Yeah, that's definitely an A because he's a two-time Pro Bowler. And then, and then for the Raiders, I, I give it an A because they freed up cap space. To yeah, get, they freed up like eleven million dollars. And it, and it gave Antonio Brown his contract. But you know what? They also got rid of Donald Penn, so I don't even know what their line looks like. Yeah, I don't know what the roster totally is, but yeah. I feel like, I mean, Assembly is really good. Um, he is. So you, it's going to be tough to fill those shoes, but, mm-hmm. and they've already had some offensive struggles, especially yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. But the Raiders also have so many picks that they can use some of those picks on offensive yeah, we'll linemen. See what they do. I mean, Colton Miller, everybody bashed that pick, but he actually performed pretty well last year. It took him some time, but towards the end of the season, he got it together. Um, Donald Penn has really been the anchor of that offensive line outside of Rodney Hudson, and now it's just Rodney Hudson left because Osamelli's gone, Penn's gone, and it's just Rodney Hudson holding it down at center. Like I said, though, they got so many picks, uh, they'll probably pick somebody. They'll probably pick an lineman or two in this draft. Yeah, they're going to have to because they have some, some holes, as you said. 
And then the last one is uh, Gilbert to the Cardinals. So Steelers trade him to to the Cardinals. Um, what are the Steelers doing? Yeah, I give it I give it a B for the Cardinals. They bolster their line. I give mm-hmm. it you know I mean he's not the best lineman, but he's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And the Steelers, I I give them a D. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a D too because I I don't know what the Steelers are doing. They got rid of Gilbert. They let Le'Veon Bell go. They traded uh, Antonio Brown. Now they're talking about trading Artie Burns. They're try, uh, They're talking about cutting Bud Dupree. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, me neither. It's it's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a, a Steelers fan, but they had a good core, and I feel like they definitely blew it. I I 100% agree. Um, all right. Anything else for football or? No, I'm kind of over football. Yeah, we've, it's been it's been grueling. There's been so much news. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm over football. Just get me to the draft. We'll talk then. I, I agree. Um, so moving on to MLB. The legend of Ichiro has officially come to an end, which I never thought it would. I thought Ichiro was going to play until he was about 100. Um, but he retired after today. And it sucks, but his legend will forever live on. Yeah, you know, he kind of like opened that door for the Japanese to come over to the MLB. He's kind of like that, that cornerstone guy that set the tone and really just influenced baseball all over the world, really, not just Japan. And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He has over 4,000 career hits between uh, the Nippon Baseball League in Japan and the MLB. He's the all-time leading, like, Hits leader per single season, 262. That'll never be broken. Nobody even comes close to that anymore. Mm-hmm. And this guy is just a stud all around. I've always been a big fan of him, and he's surely going to be missed in the game of baseball. Yeah, how could you not be a fan? I mean, the guy hustled every single time. He never did too much. He just did everything perfect. He hit well. Um, he was an insane fielder. First year he comes back, he comes into the league, he wins MVP. Like just in, insane stuff and you know there's not one person who's ever talked bad about Ichiro if you read all the stories they're all always good stories um and he is just you know he's a legend so um it was definitely sad I mean it was so crazy like the one dude who did the what's the guy's name that the Mariner signed I can't pronounce it Yusai Kikuchi yeah he was like sobbing Dude, he was bawling his eyes out. I watched the game this morning. Yeah. He was so upset. Like, that's crazy. That's how you know you have an impact. And and what yeah. other way to better – like, what other way to go out than, you know, in the country that you started playing in, that yep. you grew up in? So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And the way they sent them off, that was pretty cool too. They warmed them up, and then they took everybody off the field and just let them have his moment, you know, saying goodbye to everybody. Yeah, it was, but I feel like he's retiring from baseball in the MLB. I feel like he's just going to go back to Japan and just rake. <laughs> it, it would be possible, um, but I don't know. Like he's forty-five, man. The fact that he even played—I mean, I would say he played till he's forty-three. He didn't really play last year. He played like I think it was like fifteen games or something like that. Yeah, but it's awesome though. You know, everyone loves Ichiro. How do you not? Yeah, and, and you know, I think he's always going to just have that kind of that ambassador role. To influence more Japanese players to come on over. Yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna stay in that organization in some way or another. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but what better way to send them off than with two wins? You know, I thought they were going to lose it, the Mariners today. They yeah. did lose the lead. They were winning like four nothing, but uh, they finally came back and won five to four in extra innings. Dude, Domingo Santana, bro, and Tim Beckham. Yep. I feel like they're going to be unsung superheroes this year for that team. Yeah, they the the Mariners have looked good. I mean. Everyone on that team seemed to hit pretty well in the first two games, uh, especially Santana and Beckham. And Hunter Strickland looked pretty good um, tying it down at the end. It was crazy, though, because um, Jerickson Profar just missed a home run on the last out of the game. Oof. I, did, I did see that. It was warning track power. Yeah. And what? The Mariners are still missing Malik Smith. He didn't make the trip. He's still back in Florida getting ready. So he's going to be ready for, you know, stateside opening day. That team's going to be even better with him up top. Up one and two is going to be Malik Smith and D. Gordon. Trying yeah. to slow them down. Yeah, it's. I think the Mariners are going to be pretty good. I think that division's going to be tough. Yeah, and this Kikuchi kid, man. I, I drafted him on my fantasy team. I think he's going to be pretty well. His cutter is absolutely disgusting. The way he hides the baseball is insane. <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to be really good. I actually named my fantasy team after him. You want to hear it? Yeah. My fantasy team name is My Kikuchi is Harry. <laughs> that's pretty I, funny i thought it was fitting uh, i like it um so moving on to your boy mookie betts um it came out and mookie betts confirmed that he turned down a 200 million dollar extension thoughts on that i'm not upset about it you know at the same time get your money you know secure your bag as they like to say he's what he's one of the top players in baseball probably number two so I could see him getting that median between Bryce Harper and Mike Trout at like 375. I think we, we spoke about this a little bit last time. Yeah. And he also said he finds it as a distraction, and he doesn't want it to take away from his play. So I get that. You know, I'm not. If I was him, I wouldn't want to talk during the season either. Because yeah. everything I do is going to affect the like the conversation of what do I deserve more money? Am I regressing? Do I need to perform better? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, and it also gives it gave him time to feel out the market. You know, it, it got it gave him time to see what, you know, Harper got and now Trout got. So yeah. now, you know, he knows what, you know, especially depending on what, how this season goes, he knows where he slides in between those two dudes. Yeah, I think he's literally right in the middle. I don't think he's right at that $400 million mark, but who knows what the Red Sox are going to do. Yeah, maybe the Red Sox don't re-sign him at all. You never know. I think they you will. Um, they have enough players... Where, like, if he leaves, I'm not going to be, I'll be upset, but I'm not going to be like, damn, the Red Sox are going to suck. Because they have pieces. So they could always just, you know, fill that void. Will they fill it, like, 100%? Probably not. Because so Mookie Beck is, you know, he's a generational talent. You're, but, you're telling me he's replaceable. No, he's not replaceable. Okay. But I'm saying, like, if they let him go, they could build, a, a, you know, if he becomes too expensive for the Red Sox. They could, you know, they, you know, shed his salary and, you know, just build on what you have. I feel you. I feel you. Um, so another another extension um, that is hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. Um, Paul Goldschmidt is going to sign a five-year, $130 million extension with the Cardinals. Um, love it. You know, Paul Goldschmidt, one of the more underrated dudes in the major in Major League Baseball. Um, I put him and Arenado kind of in the same category as far as that's concerned. So good for Paul Goldschmidt. And the Cardinals now have a guy that's going to be there for a while to build their team around. And they have a ton of young talent in their farm system. 
Yeah, this this is one guy that definitely has deserved it. You know, he's he's kind of like Mike Trout in the fact that he's quiet and just takes care of business. Yep. This guy, you know, he just goes out there, plays every day. He gives you MVP quality baseball without saying a lick. And this like, guy, you know, he just goes out there and balls. And you know, at the end of the year, he's gonna be up. He's gonna be close to three hundred with thirty home runs at least every year. Dude, he even steals. He steals bases too. Yeah, and yeah, last he's an year, player. last year he got off to a horrible start, and everyone's like, "Oh, are the are the Diamondbacks going to trade him or get rid of him or blah blah blah?" And then he went off for like the rest Dude, of the I year. Think in the second half, he hit three sixty, and the first half he hit like two thirty or something. His splits were crazy, so and he ended up hitting like two eighty at the end of the season. Yeah, and he's been in the MVP conversation I think every year since he's been in the league. Yeah. You know, it's just going to get tougher and tougher with him trying to get to the, get that MVP because Arenado is just a stud. But, you know, I, I like what the Cardinals are doing, man. They got a good, solid base. You know, yeah. they're just one piece, maybe two pieces away. I predicted them to win the, the World Series because I do think they're going to make those moves. They have so many pieces that they could just trade and just upgrade. Yeah, well, they crapped on the Yankees today. Dexter Fowler had two dingers. But he's a piece that I think they, they're going to move because they believe in their young guys so much. Dude, they have so much young talent coming up. Like, it's insane. Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill. They got that catcher, uh, Carson Kelly or whatever his name is. Kelly, Kelly they said, is going to start the year with, with them. On the, oh, no, no. Back. No, they right. traded Carson Kelly for Oh, yeah, Goldschmidt. they traded him for Goldschmidt. They traded Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly for Goldschmidt. That's right. Yeah. But that other catcher that they have, he's also a top prospect. They have Alex Reyes. They got John Gant. They got Dakota Hudson. The, the, those pitchers are, they all throw like 100 miles an hour. Dude, their their newest guy is Nolan Gorman. He's only 18. Yeah, I saw that. And he's dropping bombs. You know, like they have all this like talent. The Cardinals never suck. Nope. They're always up there. Yep, they if could. They have one down year. The next year, they turn it around and win like eighty nine games right away. Yeah, I. They're kind of like the Giants. At least, you know that's how the Giants were for a while. I think they've kind of. They're going to start regressing here a little bit. But in my entire lifetime of watching baseball, I've never seen the Cardinals be, you know, continuously bad. Yeah, me neither. I, I would have to agree with you. They they've always had a good foundation. That's why they have the second most oh, World Series, and you know. In the history yeah. of baseball, I believe they're tied with the Red Sox. Are they? Yeah, I think so. Because I think the last win really um, actually gave the Red Sox the edge. Isn't I'm pretty it? Sure. Isn't it seven? Time. Yeah, the Red, I think the Red Sox have eight now. Oh well, you should know. You're a Red Sox fan. Yeah, I've seen them win four. <laughs> um, That's nice to say, bro. <laughs> a lot of people haven't seen the Red Sox win for 86 years. I've seen them win four. I've seen the Yankees, like, I know the Yankees have won a couple since I've been alive, but, like, the one I only truly remember is 2009. Yeah. So, so right now, uh, my lifetime's out, you know, it's beating yours. Well, not only have you had four Red Sox, you've had two Giants. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I'm, I'm living a good life fan-wise, man. Yeah, I've had one World Series and one Super Bowl loss. <laughs> the, super, the losses is what sticks with you. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, <laughs> uh, so Eloy Jimenez will actually be with the White Sox. So he is signing an eight-year, $77.5 million contract. Um, do you think 
this is good? Like, do you think this is a good signing for him? Because I feel like that's not a lot of money, and he's 23 or 22. It's not a lot of money, man. I broke it down as only like $7 million a year. Yeah, and he's yeah, 20. I mean, we haven't really seen him at the pro level yet, so we don't really know what he can do. Yeah, but he's twenty. Seen... He's twenty-two now. This deal is going to make him thirty by the time it's done. He's never going to make that money now. What if he went out, you know, and did work and you know was winning arbitration and all that stuff? He would have made so much more money. Yeah, but you know, then again, the, the White Sox could do what the Angels did with Mike Trout. The Angels signed Mike Trout to a seven-year, one hundred sixty million dollar contract, and they broke that off. They canceled the last two years of it. Yeah, but so, Trout, I feel like Trout was still going to be young when he hit free agency. Yeah, he was, he was going to be 27. So it makes it different. Jimenez will be 30. Yeah, well, I mean, it, his, whoever his agent is, I think he kind of dropped the ball on this because he's not even going to start the year in the majors this year. Well, they said that he they think he will now. Just because of this. I mean, they sent him, he hasn't faced major league pitching in spring training since uh, March 9th. Oh, well, the article I read said that he most likely will start with the Major League team now. I mean, I hope he does. I really do. But you never know. He could be another John Singleton. Well, that's so that's what I was going to get at. He's the he's the third player to do this, so to sign before facing any Major League pitching. You got mm-hmm. you got him, you got Scott Kingery, who did it last year, and then you got John Singleton, who isn't even on a Major League Baseball team anymore. Dude, John, remember me and you? We used to think that guy was the next best thing. I mean, if you look at him, like he looked like he should have hit 55 yeah. homers a year. Dude, I thought he was going to be the next Prince Fielder, to be honest with you. He was built just like Prince, just a little more muscular. But he just, I don't know, man. He just couldn't stay on the field, whether it was suspension, drugs, injuries, and he just couldn't put it all together. Yep, and he it's crazy. He never got a second chance. Still free. You know, I'm surprised he never went to Japan. Yeah, he's one of those guys that I thought would do that because Eric Thames did it, and Eric Thames hit like three forty-two every year he was there and revived his career and got you know got his money he got paid. Yeah, yep, uh, definitely weird. But so, do you think that this is going to happen? You know, more often, do you think that you know I, people yeah, like Vlad Junior. and Tatis will start doing this? I do because um, today the Rays also signed Brandon Lowe to six years, twenty-four million. You know, and that's even less than what Jimenez signed for. Like, where's Brandon Lowe even going to play? You had Joey Wendell, who almost won Rookie of the Year, playing second base, and that's where Brandon Lowe plays. Yeah, so, but, yeah but he's, like, feel, super utility. Like, he can play outfield and almost every infield position. But, honestly, if you look at the race, like, uh, their depth chart, they're pretty stacked. Like, for the being the Rays, they don't have many holes. I mean... And all, all the, except first base. That's about it. Well, um, maybe they, they traded Jake Bowers, so huh? They traded Jake Bowers, so that's what kind of left that hole at first base. I don't know if they moved Joey Wendell over and let Lowe play second, but I, I do think you're going to see this a lot more. You're going to see teams try to hold on to their top, you know, their golden nugget of a prospect. You, Chris Bryant did it as well. It's just crazy because like Elo Jimenez, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Vlad Jr. are all like people are saying there's no way these guys bust. So yeah. I just thought that it would have been more, like at least like 150 over eight 150 years. 150 for a guy that never even saw a but pitch? Yeah, because te- like only based on what everyone said. Like, yeah. like if it was, you know, like S- Scott Kingery, no. Because Kingery yeah. was like, yeah, he's good, but, you know, 
he's had a history of not being so I mean he walked on in college and things like that like to me like Scott Kingery had more of a a chance of being a bust than what these three have yeah I I, I don't even think uh, Kingery's that good dude you saw last year that he struggled mightily and he lost the third base job won it back and then lost it again then they tried him at second base couldn't do that so now he's just like they're super utility guy. Yeah. Wait, did you say that Blake so Blake Snell also got extended? Yeah, he did. He got um five year fifty million dollar contract today. So ten a year mm-hmm. for a guy who just won the Cy Young. Yep. Uh I mean it's better it's better than what the other guys got. Yeah. I mean Jimenez's contract he has the ability to earn up to eighty million dollars. So that's gonna be ten a year too if he like gets those incentives. But it's it's obviously going to start out low. Yeah, um, you know I like Blake Snell. I think you know he's also younger though too. Yeah, uh, he's only what twenty four, twenty five, and he want to sign young. Yeah, so I mean, see if I'm if I'm a rookie, I would I would sign for like a six year. That that takes me, you know, you you don't have to worry about arbitration. That takes me through my arbitration and everything. And if I'm I, a rookie, I'm not signing a deal because, yeah, you have those arbitration years, but if you're good enough to get up there while you're young, you'll be a free agent by the time you're 27. And you're yeah. in your prime. Like, prime years for baseball are normally, like, 27 to 32. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I would, like, if I'm in, like, Jimenez knows that he's big league ready. Like, mm-hmm. I would sign that six-year deal so I know that, okay, I'm here for six years, but I it's not going to take away from my free agency. Yeah, but these guys are signing. I'm, I'm, if I'm Blake Snow, I'm thinking I'm worth more than just $10 million. And I think if I wait it out, I'm going to make more than that $50 million I'm going to make over the five years. Yeah, it's true, too, especially if he goes out and even finishes in the top five in Cy Young voting. Yeah. Yeah, I would, have, I, I would agree. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So uh, Craig Kimbrell and the Brewers, their talks are coming full circle. Do you think he puts the Brewers over the top? So they basically would have one of the most dominant bullpens, I think, just between uh, Josh Hader, Kimbrel, and Knable. Well, they also have, they have those three, and then they also have Jeremy Jeffers. Yeah, that, well, that's and what I mean. They're, they're talking to Kimbrel right now because they don't know if Jeffers is going to be ready for the season. He's dealing with a shoulder issue. Um, do I think it puts him over the hump? No, I think it gives them possibly the best bullpen in, in the NL. I'm not going to say in all of baseball, but definitely in the National League. Uh, they just lack in starting rotation. I think they should have re-signed Gio Gonzalez. I think they should have, you know, put all their chips into win-now mode. And they should have traded Kest, uh, Keston Hyura and tried to get uh, Madison Bumgarner. Or they should have signed um, Patrick Corbin. They should, you know, they should have made moves. And I think they're relying on Jimmy Nelson to really come back and really reach that 2017 form where he won the 14, 15 games for him. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, I think that they definitely should have added to starting rotation. They basically have their player at every single position besides their starting rotation. Like, yeah, they're, they're so stacked in their lineup that they got Moustakas playing second base. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. And he, you know what? He's doing pretty well. He's not that – he moves laterally – laterally really well and he's hitting well right now in spring training he just hit a home run yesterday yeah i just i agree with you like their 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 starting rotation is very weak yeah 
you know, they, they can easily just make trades. You know, they have, um, let's see, they have Eric Thames that they could package with Ryan Braun and just, you know, and other guys and Keston Hayura to, like, package these guys. Their ace right now is Julius Chassin. Yeah, that's, not, you, that's pretty know, bad. You're not going to win games. And Brett Suter, who was one of their better pitchers last year, he's out for the entire year almost. I think he he got Tommy John last year, or like over the off season. So he's probably not even going to pitch this year. And I think they they thought too much on the bullpen because they also signed uh, Matt Albers. They got Alex Claudio from the Rangers. They got Javi Guerra, and they have all these guys in the bullpen. And now they're looking to add Kimbrel. What are you going to do? The things that the Rays did last year. You're going to have that starter, that, that guy that comes in and throws one inning, and you're going to deplete your bullpen every single day or every fifth day. I, I don't know. I really think they should have focused on the starting pitching. I, I 100% agree. All right, so we're going to go through and we're going to do something where we're going to pick one player that we think is going to be basically the best player on that team. Are going to, gonna you know, the, te- the player that we think is going to be the best, you know, and help that team win games or, you know, it could be someone well-known or it could be someone, you know, maybe not as popular. Um, so you want to go by division. So I have the list right here. So I'll just say the team and then it is by division. It's going to start with the central AL central AL East and just go from there. Um, so the first team is the Chicago white Sox. Who do you think is going to put the white Sox maybe over the top or, or help them win games or be their best player? Um, it's tough, man, because you can say Jose Abreu, he's consistent every year he's been there. You can say Tim Anderson, is this the fi- is this finally the year that he's going to break out and he's going to stay consistent? Um, is it going to be Lucas Giolito? Is it going to be Ronaldo Lopez? Is Carson Fulmer going to come to fruition? Uh, is Yohan Mancata going to stay consistent? So you can say all these guys, but I think right now it's... It's tough. Uh, I'm going to say Ronaldo Lopez because he showed glances of an ace last year. Um, I was actually going to go with Giolito um, because Giolito, you know, coming over from the Nationals was supposed to be like the next big thing, and he kind of hasn't lived up to that. So mm-hmm. I, I think this it better be he better be that ace and be that guy because I think time's running out. Yeah. So I think if anything, you know. He needs to to be the ace of the team, ace of the staff, and and go out there and shove and win games. So I think that I'm putting still only like 25, 26. Yeah, I know, but he has not done what he's supposed to have done. You know who no, we, yeah. we know who we forgot on that that the them too, uh, Rodon. Carlos Rodon, yeah, he's their ace right now. But he he had a solid season last year, so I didn't name. I got you. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Giolito. Dude, but like the White Sox did their thing this offseason, man. They added depth to their to like almost every position. Yeah, they they definitely did. Um, they definitely got better. They were banking on. Uh, they were definitely banking on uh, Machado signing because they signed his brother-in-law. They signed his best friend. But you know what? In the same token, like they might have missed out on him, but they still have that cap where they can just sign and trade for whoever the hell they want. You know, their bullpen's good. They got Colomay, they got Nate Jones, they got Kelvin Herrera. And then their catchers aren't even bad. They got Wellington Castillo and James McCann. 
those guys both know how to man a rotation. So we'll see how they do. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but they could easily play 500 ball. Yeah, I think the White Sox are on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we got the Cleveland Indians. I'm going to go with the recent signing of Cargo. I th- really? I think Cargo's going to come out in Cleveland and, you know, I don't know if he's going to hit 300, but I want to say he's going to hit 250, 260, but I think he's going to hit like 35 home runs this year. Really? Yeah, like I'm going out on, I'm going like this is. That's a hot take, bro. I, I know, but I don't know why. I've always been a huge fan of Cargo. Um, change of scenery. They have kind of a shorter porch and right in Cleveland. Um, I don't know. I really like him. I, I think that. He's going to take over for Naquin because I think Naquin hasn't done well. I think he's going to play a decent amount. And I'm going to go – I was going to go Bauer because I always talk about Bauer, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with Cargo. I'm, I've always been a Cargo fan, so I hope he does well. I'm going to go with their recent acquisition over the offseason and say Jake Bowers. Uh, that was, was going to be – he was my third pick. I think that kid is going to be a monster. He's only 23, so they got him for a long time, and they barely gave up anything really for him. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to really put them over the edge. They've been looking for a first baseman for quite some time because Carlos Santana is not a first baseman. Yeah, I, I really like uh, Bowers as well. Um, the Tigers, a team Ugh. with many holes. <laughs> many. But you know who I'm going to pick? Nico Goodrum. Oh, I like that pick. Dude, he plays absolutely everywhere. And he was going to be the second baseman, but then they got uh, Harrison from the Pirates. So he's playing first base. But, dude, last year he was good in the utility role. This year he's going to actually get some time. Right now he's hitting 436 in spring training. I know it's spring training. It doesn't really count. But this kid is good. Yeah, I, I was actually – that was my pick. <laughs> nice. Uh, so – uh yeah, I have nothing to add to that. I can't believe you picked the same person I did. Um, you know, I'm looking at the Tigers right now. They're not that bad. No, they suck. I, I dude, I really don't think they're that bad. Uh, I, they I got Daniel Morris. You know, Tyson Ross, Jordan Zimmerman, Michael Boyd, Matt Moore. That's their starting rotation. And then what if uh, you know what if Cabrera semi returns to form? <sighs> Nick Castellanos and right. I like Castel- Castellanos. Um, Jordy Mercer is good. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I think they'll be all right. Um, going to Kansas City. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know that many dudes on Kansas City. Um, my pick's going to be Kyle Zimmer. I think, you know, he's he hasn't pitched in the big leagues. He's had a ton of injuries. He went out to driveline, got everything fixed, and he has had a decent spring training. I think that this is his time to shine. He was a first-round pick a while back, and you know he's finally seems like he's 100% healthy and ready to go. Who's that? I'm sorry. Kyle Zimmer. Kyle Zimmer. Uh, I don't know. I just who's on, who's even on the Royals, bro? Billy Hamilton. All right, I'm just gonna hang up the phone. I'm not. This, this is we're done. This podcast is over. Uh, you want to skip the Royals? Nah, you know what? Everybody's gonna say Whit, Whit Merrifield's really good. Yeah, I like uh, Merrifield. 
Maldonado's a great catcher. Their te- what is their team? I'm just looking at it right now. What is their team? It's crazy when thinking they won a World Series, you know, not that long ago. What, three years ago? You know what? I'm going to go Jorge Soler. Maybe this is the year he finally puts it together. Probably not. That's an ugly pick, but hey, we'll see. <laughs> um, Let's next- just move on. The Royals are just... What are the Royals? Yeah. Next next is the Twins. Um, I'm going to take it, the easy pick, Nelson Cruz. Boston. No, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. Oh, Nelly Boom. I thought we were supposed to pick, like, underdogs, bro. No, it could be any. I said anybody. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm. Marwin Gonzalez. Oh, yeah, that's a good signing by them. Yeah, because CJ Crones, he's I think he's hurt for the first like you know a couple of weeks, and they're gonna no Sano's hurt, and Gonzalez is playing third base, and I think if he plays good enough, that Sano doesn't even come back. Yeah, well Sano's been horrible. Yeah, he he's one of those guys that you know was supposed to be a sure thing like Byron Buxton, and he just gets fatter and fatter like Sandoval. That happens with every Twins pick. Do you notice that? <laughs> Same yeah. thing happened with Aaron Hicks, and he's kind of put it together, but he's not. I mean, you know, Max Kepler, he, he's kind of like, you know, changing that. And so is Jorge Polanco. I, I really like Max Kepler a lot. And Eddie Rosario's decent, too. He was an all-star last year. I think so the, they have pieces. I think the Twins are going to be the only team that give the Indians kind of a run for their money. Yeah, I'm looking at And they got Michael Pineda coming back this year, dude. Yeah, he threw pretty well the other day. Yeah, and their bullpen's not bad. It's not. They lost uh, Fernando Rodney, but, you know, that's not bad. So they might, uh, I'll say, like, 84 wins, if that. All right, next team, Baltimore Orioles. My pick. I already told you this yesterday. Cedric Mullins. Cedric. Cedric. Dude, he's going to be a stud. I really like Cedric Mullins a lot. He's a workhorse, man. He busts his ass. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like like, He's like the old school leadoff hitter. Yeah. You know, smaller dude, hits the ball for average and fast. Mm. You know, I I really like some guys on this team. Dylan Bundy is one of those guys that I like. Um, I like Michael Givens. Robert Blair is a a stud left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen. They added Nate Carnes. I mean, the Orioles are probably going to be the worst team in baseball. But I'm going to go with their corner outfielders. I'm doing two people on this because – Everybody knows I'm a big Notre Dame fan, and Joey Rickard and Trey Mancini both played there. And, you know, they're pretty decent ball players. I think they're probably going to be, along with Cedric Mullins, the best players on this team, which isn't hard to do. Oh, don't forget about Mark Trumbo's coming back. He's butt cheeks, dude. <laughs> He's uh, just bad. Just bad. All right. That's all I have to say about Chris Davis and Mark Trumbo. They're, they're just bad. Moving to your team, the Red Sox. Ooh, ooh, I got a good one. It's going to be one you never even heard of. Is it? Is it going to be Shavis? Who? The Shavis, Shavis, the... Michael Shavis? No, because Pedroia's going to be healthy this year. He's going to man second base, and they're going to trade Michael Shavis. But it's okay. I'm going with Darwinson Hernandez. Okay. He's a 22-year-old left-handed pitcher, and he's been lights out all spring. And the Red Sox really have not had that shutdown lefty really ever. I mean, they had Hideki Okajima for a couple of years, but this kid, he, he's 
he's pretty good. He looks like a stud. I think if the Sox have that, you know, that shutdown lefty out of the bullpen, he's the guy. I'm going to go with Jackie Bradley Jr. Ooh, good pick. I like Jackie Bradley. I think, you know, he has a shot to if there was a comeback player of the year. Um, not not for his defense, obviously. Like he's always been yeah. one of the better defensive center fielders, but offensively, um, he's kind of struggled the last couple of years. I've always been a fan of Jackie Bradley when he was even when he was at South Carolina. Um, so I'm gonna go with with Jackie Bradley. Uh, maybe putting in a little bit more work to carry that team. I agree with that pick. I like it because you know who he worked out with all off season. Who? J.D. Martinez and his swing coach. The guy that fixed J.D. Martinez, his swing, you know, like, after he sucked for the Astros and then blew up for the Tigers, that's who Bradley worked out with all offseason. And he's looked pretty good this spring. Yeah, he's hit well. Um, then we got the Yankees. Skanks. Oh, Why? man, who am I going to pick for the Yankees? I didn't think about this no, ahead of I time. I feel like they're all hurt, so you don't really have a pick. Yeah, they a lot of them are hurt. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Luke Voigt. I think Luke Voigt is going to do exactly what he did last year. I mean, but throughout the course of the year, like I could see him hitting 30 home runs. Um, I really really like Luke Voigt. The Yanks have kind of had a void at first base really for a while because Mark Teixeira didn't play much towards the end there. No, um, I didn't. And, you know, Greg Bird's hurt again. So um, I really like Luke Voigt. I think that he's the one guy that they've, you know, he brings a certain energy to that team that, you know, I feel like the Yankees, you know, kind of lacked. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, they have Troy Tulowitzki marked down as their starting shortstop. Yeah, I know. Wow. Um <laughs> That's only till, go, that's only till DD comes back until July. So you don't even know if Tulowitzki's going to make it to July. The guy like steps on the field and breaks a toe. Well, they'll just move Glaber to short, and then DJ LeMay, who's going to play? That's how it should be right now, anyway. Yeah, I, I would DJ LeMay too. They signed DJ LeMay to a sixty million dollar deal, and he's sitting the bench. <laughs> he's going to play a lot though. That makes no sense. He's not even starting. Why would you sign him to that bench and not start him? <laughs> Oh, I love when you go on your rants. I'm so stupid. And then they gave Hicks $70 million just to break a spinal cord. <laughs> his, his L7 wiener is broken. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I'm going to go Gary Sanchez. That was going to be my other pick. Good pick. I think he's going to turn it around this year. But if he doesn't, I really think that's going to affect them big time. I agree. I, know, I mean, you, you saw last year that it did. I mean, they they were still good. They were the second team in baseball, but like they, you just saw that they were missing something. You know, they were missing that that guy other than Aaron Judge and Stanton. They were missing that clutch hitter after those two. They were yeah. missing his arm to throw guys out. Like his defense is absolutely terrible, but his arm makes up for it. Yeah, and so Sanchez struggled in the beginning of this spring, but he has been mashing lately. Yeah, I, I, he's been hitting, but like that's what they expect. They expect him to hit. So I don't know why they don't just like stick him at DH, or why they didn't even let him, you know, take reps at first. Yeah, I agree. Just put Stanton in the field, bro. He's a good fielder. Um, Tampa Bay Rays. Um, I'm gonna go. I don't even know if this guy's gonna make the team, 
But if he does make the team, I think he's going to be good. Are you ready? Who you got? Who you got? Smolinski. Jake? Yeah. I don't see. I don't even see him on the roster. <laughs> I've watched him play a bunch of times in spring training, and I honestly like the guy. What position is he? He kind of like floats around. Uh, left bench. Got it. <laughs> um, no. I do, you know, I, I really like the Rays. I do. They got three starters. I, I didn't know you could just have a three-starter rotation. <laughs> but they got like they got eight starters in the bullpen. Like they they can all go like for deep into games. Like Stanek, Yarbrough. Yarbrough had 16 wins last year. I don't I don't know if anybody knew that, but. Ryan Yarbrough is pretty good. Jose De Leon, he's supposed to be good. Uh, they got Jacob Faria that's in the bullpen. Jalen Beeks, who they got from the Red Sox, he's okay. Uh, Emilio Pagan's good. I'm going to go Matt Duffy. If he stays healthy, Matt Duffy can rake. Yeah, he can. I'm going to change my pick, by the way. He changing it, too. The uh, pride of Westchester. Yeah, actually, I am going to go with Joey. Joey Wendell. He's on my fantasy team, too. I am going to go with Joey Wendell. You did. I think he's going to be a stud because he just plays so many different positions in fantasy baseball, and he proved he can play at second, so he's good. And he has zero swag, which I love. Yeah, the no-drag swag, bro. Um, Yo, I really think the the Rays are going to be better than last year because they got Austin Meadows to man right field. Dude, you know who's so bad for them, though, is um, the dude they got from Pittsburgh, Uh the pitcher what the hell's his name now i just watched Tyler Glass now. yeah dude he's so bad he you can't think he turns it around or no i don't know like the dude is like six eight he has the intangibles yeah and he throws hard it just his mechanics are all weird and the ball goes everywhere i feel like he tries too hard to be chris sale i don't know his mechanics are very different now yeah who is their first baseman I don't know. Jumon Choi is playing first base in DH, and then they have this Diaz cat. Yandy Diaz? I have no oh, idea. Bro, I'm knocking Yandy Diaz. This guy hit 312 last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, who's, who knows? They were supposed to get Nelly Boomstick, and they didn't. I feel like if they got him, they, that would have put him over the edge. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm going to change my pick. Cause Matt Duffy's great, but I think Zanino is going to like just break out this year. I really do. Well, he had one good year. Yeah. And dude, he's a really good catcher, too. Yeah, he just can't hit. For average. Yeah, he's got power. Yeah. Um, so the last team in the East, Toronto Blue Jays. Um, dude, you know, I think they might give the Orioles a run for their money as worst team. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with um, Guriel, or no, Teoscar Hernandez. You think this is the year? Because he was supposed to be a stud for the Strohs. Yeah, I think it's going to be the year. He He's going to win the outfield position over Billy McKinney. And, uh, you know, I think he had a semi-decent e- year last year. He did. He, he did very well against the Yankees. I know that. I mean, I know that they're going to struggle, but I'm going to go... I'm gonna go with him as my as my pick. Did you know they they signed Freddie Galvis to be their shortstop? Yeah. I had no idea. Um, I just... There's nobody on this team that I like. <laughs> Not one person that I like. Not even Strowman? I like Strowman, but, yeah, he, eh. he, he, you know, I don't even know. He's, 
really, he hates steroid users, yet he got busted in the minors. <laughs> he seems to forget that, you know? And his dad takes steroids, probably. He talks mad junk. Like, dude, on paper. Like, I'm looking at this team. These guys aren't bad. They're not. They're not bad. Brandon Drury, he was a hell of a player for Arizona. I think he'll probably turn it around. I think the Freddie Royals Thompson, I think so. the Royals are going to be the worst team in baseball. Yeah, probably. But, like, Stroman and Sanchez, if they're healthy and they're right and they're on, they're a good one-two punch. And they also signed Clay Buckles, mm-hmm. who had an amazing year last year. So, I, I'm going to go Justin Smoke. Because he's been the linchpin for that team for like four years now, and he's just good. Not Kendris Morales? He'll probably snap another ankle. (laughs) Um, So just for the sake of the podcast, why don't we just do AL today, and then the next one we'll do the NL. All right, that's fine. we got the West to go. Uh, Yeah, so the West is is last. So uh, the Astros... um, I know that this is gonna this is gonna be like this the most obvious pick, but I have to go Alex Bregman. Like I love Alex Bregman. Ooh, I think he's a turd. Really, he might be a turd, but I hate him, bro. I hate him. He's so good. No, I hate him. I hate him. Can't stand. Really? So happy, dude. I was so happy when Ben Intendi made that diving catch and just stared him down. That was awesome. I hate Alex Bregman. Hate him. Uh, see, I love Bregman. He's a small, fiery guy, and he hits the crap out of it. <laughs> he, he, dude, he's a tool. I don't care. I hate him. Uh, I'm going to go Tyler White, though, because he looks like me. <laughs> That's why. Uh, he's almost just like Gaddis, I feel like. Yeah, that's dude, that's what you need in a DH. Just a guy that, you know, just throws the plate and breaks, just swings for the fences, whatever. So I'm gonna take him. Plus he's young. Yeah. He's got a nice beard. I I didn't want to take Bregman, but I had to. Like the guy is just he's a stud. No, I'm switching my pick. <laughs> okay. I'm going Brad Peacock. Oh, that's not a bad pick. Because he just won the fifth rotation job. Yeah, he's actually he's actually been pretty good for and Houston. I'm pretty sure Colin McHugh's going back to the bullpen because he had a terrible spring training. Good. So that that opened the door for uh, Josh. Ow! Sorry. That opened the door for Josh James. All right. There you have it. Um, Los Angeles Angels. Actually, uh, Mike Trout's team. You know that team. Yeah, the Los Angeles Mike Trout's. Yep. Um, The Los Angeles Trout's. This is another team. I just look at it and I just go, meh. I'm gonna yeah, go. I'm gonna go. Cole Calhoun. He's gonna have a comeback uh, year. That's where I was gonna go. <laughs> because early on, he showed like that he could be Mike Trout. You know, his first two years, and then just. Well, he's also he's a great outfielder. He just yeah, has he struggled is. at the plate. So I think uh, he's another guy that's kind of turned it around this spring. He seems to be hitting pretty well. Good. I hope so. I like him. I hope he turns it around. I remember. Good, he used to be a good two hole hitter. I remember when he was at Arizona State. Oof, he's throwing it back, bro. Word, he used to have uh, uh, red curly hair. My pick, I'm going to go Zach Cozart. I feel if he stays healthy, he's going to really like affect that team. Yeah, but he won't stay healthy. All right, then I'll go Matt Harvey, who won't, he won't stay healthy either. That's true. Dude, you know they got Trevor Cahill throwing opening day? Are you kidding me? I'm dead serious. He's their, star- he's their opening day starter. How is Matt Harvey not your opening day starter? 
How is Tyler Skaggs not your opening day starter? That too. And, and Andrew Heaney's like hurt. His elbow's messed up. Well, what else is new? Another <laughs> Angels pitcher. Yeah, it. the Angels just... <laughs> Why don't you just start Mike Trout and then he can sprint and go catch his own pop-up? <laughs> no, because then he'll need Tommy John surgery. That's true. A lot of guys need Tommy John on the Angels. Who's next? Get me off this roster. I don't want to look at it anymore. Let's um, go alphabetically. Let's go to the athletics. Yep. They were next anyway. Um, I'm going to go with Jerks and Profar. Dude, you steal one of my picks again. <laughs> uh, they traded for him. He finally gets it. I mean, he played a lot with Texas, but I think he actually did pretty well for them last year. He did. He was on my fantasy team. Um, he's kind of shown some pop, too. Almost hitting a home run today as well. Uh Good infielder, um, yeah. I like Profar. I think he's gonna be, he's gonna, he's gonna help that team a lot. I'm gonna go. Aris Davis. Oh, I'm, that's an easy pick. Yeah. He's already he's dropped a, a nuke. Yeah, I know, dude. He is the definition of consistency. Yep. Mr. 247 himself is gonna hit 247 again with 47 home runs and 147 RBIs. Yep. Uh, just a quick update too. Uh, Matt Olson was injured today. Oh, was he? Yeah, he actually hurt his hand swinging. Oh, that's and, not good. He probably tore something. And uh, so he ran the bases, and then as he was running the bases, he's like, then all of a sudden my hand, I just couldn't move it. It started to hurt. You know that opens the door for Mark Canna then. Yep. Sexy Canna, please start in my manners. Yeah, I'm not a big Mark Canna fan. I like him. He's a, he's good. He's a t- they haven't been a super uh, util- Dude, they have like eight utility players. He's a turd. Have- uh, no, he, he's not Alex Bregman. <laughs> no way. Um, I, you know what? I, I changed my pick again. I'm going to go Chad Pinder because he's eventually going to take over on left field for Robbie Grossman. But right now, he plays legit every single position. You could have picked. He plays left, center, right, first, second, third, and shortstop. You could have picked the PA native, Lou Trevino. Sweet Lou? Yeah. I like Sweet Lou, man. He's good. Um, Then we got who the who the Athletics played today. The Mariners. I'll let you pick the first Mariners. so I don't pick the Mariners. over you. The Mariners. I'm going Domingo Santana. Because he hit 35 home runs just two years ago for the Brewers. Um, and he hit a nuke yesterday, a grand salami. So, you know, I'm going to go Domingo Santana. I think he's going to hit 30 home runs and get you like 80 RBIs. I'm going to go Ryan Healy. He is garbage. What? I like, I've always liked Healy. Dude, he hit, a, he hit 209 last year. Yeah, I know, but he's off to a better start this year. He's got a home run today, two run well, shot. They're going to move him to third base. They're putting him back at third because Kyle Seager's out until June. Well, that's fine. I think Healy's going to have a bounce back year. He was solid with the Athletics before they got rid of him. Yeah, and then he went to Seattle and he caught the depression bug because it rains all the time there. I think he's going to bounce back and have a good year. Dude, um, you know who's quietly a stud? I say quietly because he plays in Seattle. Mitch the, Hanniger. Oh, Mitch Hanniger's a monster, dude. Yeah. He, is he should have got MVP boat, or votes, not boats. He should have gotten a boat for his MVP boats. Votes, goddamn! I can't speak. Next team. Um, last team, the last team on this list, uh, the Texas Rangers. I'll let you pick first again. Um, 
original pick's not even on the roster right now. Um, you know, I'm going to go Odor because if he sucks, they're going to put the Shields at second base and they're going to put Ben Revere in center field. I'm gonna. I think honestly, I think if they just do that now, that'll they'll be a better team. I'm just gonna take the shields. Um, yeah, he's I, good, man. He's a stud. I like him a lot. I, I think that they're gonna be another team that struggles. They don't have much pitching either. If, yeah, if, these are like guys that are just way past their prime. If, Mike Miner, Lance Lynn, Drew Smiley. You know, Smiley's coming off of this is the Tommy John team. What about Shelby Miller, Tommy John, Edison Valquez, Tommy John, Drew Miller, Drew Smiley, Tommy John. What about Bevan's Dirks? Is he still there? <laughs> he is, but he got sent back down. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, they might be bad this year, the Rangers. They're not going to be good. Joey Gallo will hit you 50 home runs, but he's also going to strike out 500 times. Yep. All right, so we will review the NL next week. Or, well, on Tuesday for that episode. Nice. Um, nice. So just to, to wrap up, uh, the last the last thing last thing we'll talk about here is the UFC. Um, so no TJ Dillashaw for a year. Thank God. Couldn't be happier. Um, he, you know, he, he's, he's a turd, too. He's an Alex Bregman. It's... It's so fitting because everyone's been saying how he's been on roids and he's been juicing and all this stuff, PEDs. Uh, his old Jim said it. Um, McGregor said it. And here we are. He finally get, gets popped. Dude, nobody gets that shredded and that cut and lean without taking something. And nobody goes from sucking so bad to like almost unstoppable. Yeah, wasn't he on like a three fight uh, losing streak? Yeah, and he, then he just like clicked on out of nowhere. And he he said, "Oh, it was just from the gym change." But but how how much better is, does that make Henry Cejudo look? Henry Cejudo's a stud. He, he is an Olympic hero. Knocked him out in thirty two seconds. Cut the quick ten piece, bro. Word. Um, um, screw it. Get get out of here, TJ. The UFC is better without you. Go to one FC or something, dude. Word, I agree. Um, oh, another turd, Luke Rockhold. <laughs> Luke Rockhold, who who doesn't I'm even have. In, I'm, I'm in a, a, a bitter mood with all these guys you want to talk about today. Um, Rockhold didn't even have a chin. What at middleweight? Yeah. Um, and now he wants to move to heavyweight. Do you think? It, now we've seen guys struggle with. Um, getting knocked out because of the weight cut. Yeah. But do you think that's going to help his chances or worsen his chances, especially now that the light heavyweight division, as we talked about last podcast, is on the come up? Uh, you know, despite my feelings towards Luke Rockhold, he is a great fighter. Um, he did get caught by Michael Bisbing. Uh, he, he's been knocked out plenty of times before, you know, Jacare Souza. Yoel Romero, I'm sure Kevin Gasolum, if they ever fought, probably would have diced him up too. Um, I think the weight to, or the change to 205 is going to help his chin, maybe, because he's not sucking so much weight and he's not going to be as exhausted. Um, but I think he's going to have a difficult time. 
I, you know, his Brazilian jiu-jitsu is up there with some of the best. But I just, his stand-up's not that great. And like I said the last time, and you just said right now, the light heavyweight division's on the come-up. And all these guys are all-around fighters. They're not just, you know, just, they're not just stand-up guys. Because these guys are trying, they're trying to base their game off the best in John Jones. They're trying to beat him so they could beat John Jones, you know? Yeah, I think that I think that Luke Rockhold loses to Johnny Walker. I think he loses to uh I think he would lose to Anthony Smith. I really I don't I don't know, like I have I've watched a bunch of Rockhold fights and it's boring. Yeah, and especially lately, like he just he sucks. Like lately yeah. he's been horrible. He gets You know, he kinda he kinda reminds me of Ben Askren. Yeah. And I feel like anytime he's ever fought anybody good, he loses. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and he's going to be facing heavier punches now, moving up a weight class. I don't think he stands a chance at light heavyweight. I think his, his MMA career is I, – I could see him going to Bellator or one here soon. Bro, I poo-poo him. He sucks. I don't like him anymore. I take back. He is good at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but meh. I poo-poo him. <laughs> I, I poo-poo him. We should have a segment. You should have we'll, – we'll make one for you. What's that? Just whoever you you feel like poo-pooing for that day. I poo-poo everybody we've mentioned so far. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Holly Holm? Do you poo-poo her? I'll poo-poo her and her poo-poo. <laughs> uh, Holly Holm signs a six-fight uh, contract extension. Good for her. Um, she's she's kind of ex- on snide right now, but I, she's a great fighter, man. She'll figure it out. She's one of the female fighters that I actually enjoy watching. Yeah, she's exciting. Like, she's going out there, and she's putting on exciting fights. She's not just losing. She's not just, like, getting her ass kicked, you know? She's putting up a tough fight. Yeah, and she doesn't do the whole takedown thing. She's going to try to punch or kick your head off. Yeah, she's a boxer by nature, so. Yeah, so I I like that, and, you know, Holly Holm. You know what? I'm still so mad at myself. I called her knocking out Ronda Rousey when she first got here. I should have put money down on that. I literally told you, I told my brother, I was like, dude, She's a champion boxer. She's going to kick the crap out of Rousey. No, she's not, bro. Ronda Rousey's amazing. I could have won like 50 grand, and I wouldn't even be in this hellhole. God. <laughs> Man, don't be so uh, hateful towards bringing the heat. No, no, no. I'm not calling this the hellhole. I'll I tell you what, we probably have a studio to have good quality. <laughs> uh, we, we would definitely have a studio with great quality. Yeah. Um, then I could poo-poo whoever I wanted. <laughs> uh, so Derek Lewis is a legend officially. Um, he's always been one of my favorite fighters, especially over the last couple of years. But this man's been fighting with a torn ACL, MCL, and meniscus for the last seven years. And that's uh, probably why he doesn't like doing cardio. Yeah, I would think so. And uh, so to think about all the people he's beat and how impressive those fights are with those injuries and he's finally getting them fixed now oh he is yes he's he's getting them fixed so we won't see Derek lewis for a while Dude, after seven years there's like nothing to like you know even repair it's just all gone yeah i don't i don't know so his coach did say that he's officially getting them fixed they're probably gonna have to recon is it both knees i think it's all in one knee dude they're gonna have to like cut his hamstring in half what the hell? That's crazy to me. Seven years? I know McGregor did it for two, but, like, I feel like after two, it's still salvageable to, like, put the tendons together and the ligaments 
seven years, dude, all that's got to be eroded and died away. Yeah, you would think so, but I don't know. I mean, I guess that's why he always looked. He always looked immobile like in the in yeah. the gym or in the cage. Yeah, he looks like he struggles going to like whatever. So, yeah, he, yeah, he barely moves. Yeah, he just now we know why. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I'm shocked. That makes him. That makes him even more of a legend. You know, it, it's that's tough, bro. Because big guys like him, he, he's. I would say my brother's about like the same size as him, like weight wise. Mm-hmm. And Bobby messed up his knee, bro. His knee injury was disgusting. And Bob couldn't even walk on it. And he did basically the same thing this guy did. And this guy's been fighting on it for seven years. It's crazy. No poo-poo for you, Derek Lewis. You go. No, he just has to poo-poo sometimes during fights. Yeah, dude, good, good for him. Good for him, bro. You know what? Yeah. Derek Lewis is a Hall of Famer in my book. I agree. Especially when it comes to being on the mic. Oh, Nobody touches him. Um, so then the other thing, we don't even have to dive into it, but just to let people know, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos will fight Kevin Lee in May. Meh. That's another meh. Uh, like, that's a good matchup, but I feel like it's going to be a wrestling match. We got to see what the rest of the card is. If that's the main event, I ain't watching it. Yeah, I probably won't either. I'll probably just watch that fight. Um. And then why so, is Kevin Lee going to welterweight? I don't know. Does he really think he has a better chance at welterweight than lightweight? I he's, feel like the welterweight division is just as stacked as the lightweight. He's kind of been on a snide, so I don't know. He did get worked by Ally Quinta for the second time. Everybody yeah. forgets that he lost to him already. Yeah, it was twice actually. You know, Kevin Lee's another one of those guys that's probably on roids because he sucked too, and then all of a sudden he was like in the main event. Maybe. He's huge. Yeah, he is pretty. And you know what? I'm pissed because they let him fight with Mercer. Really? He fought, uh, yeah, when he fought Michael Chiesa. He fought him with a big lump on his chest. And what? after the fight, he's like, yeah, I got Mercer, bro. Well, you hate, I, you hate Chiesa anyway. Yeah, I do. He's a turd, too. I don't like very many people. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, um, well, hey, these people are never going to know who I am. Unless, you know, one day we're fortunate enough to have him on here, then I'll probably be their best friend. But uh, until then. Yeah, and we can, you know, we can still, if we are if we get known, we could still poo-poo on people. Yeah, maybe I'll just ask the hard-hitting questions that people are scared to ask, and I'll probably get threatened to get my butt kicked. That's all right. I'll have your back. Yeah, that's, and what, we'll... that's what gets used, bro. That's what gets listeners. It, it is. Um, so UFC fight night, uh, Thompson <laughs> versus. Uh... That's this weekend. What does that say? Anthony Pettis. Oh, Pettis. Um, yeah, you put Petri dish. <laughs> that was an accident. I didn't know we were, didn't know we were in uh, biology class. Yeah, Thompson versus Pettis. What do you think about that? Both guys have kind of similar styles. I think it's going to be an exciting fight. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those fights where it's like really exciting or really boring. I, but I, even Thompson barely has boring fights, so... His most, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a good fight. It's his most boring fight. fights were against Woodley because they this not one person wanted to get caught. Yeah, you know I, I'm gonna take Thompson in this fight too because I feel like Anthony Pettis will brawl with somebody, but he's always the one that gets caught. Yeah, I agree. I, like that fight that he had with, uh, with Ferguson. Yeah, like that fight was great, but mm-hmm. if, it, it always seems like. Uh, Pettis is the one that gets caught, and it sucks because I love Pettis. He's you know he's he always been exciting. Hurt, 
Yeah, he's always been exciting though, and so. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Thompson. I've always liked Thompson too. He's crazy good. Like his, you know, Anthony Pettis was working Dustin Poirier in that one fight they had, and then Poirier just broke his rib, and that's how he won. Yeah, I I agree. Um, Dude, Anthony Pettis, if he stays healthy, he's still the 155 champ. Like he would have never lost the belt. I'm being dead serious. I yeah, but. I don't know. I love Stephen Thompson too. He's exciting too, to watch. But I just think Anthony Pettis is like one of those guys that's just head and toe above the competition talent wise. He just has a bad camp. Why? Like they, he should have never dropped to one forty five. Yeah, I, I think you know Thompson is. He's kind of been on a snide, not a snide, but you know he, we haven't heard much about him since his losses to Woodley. I think this is his time to start putting himself back on the map. Nobody wants to fight this guy. And understandably so, because he attacks you from anywhere. Look what he did to Johnny Hendricks. He retired Johnny Hendricks. Mm-hmm. He, like, beat the crap out of him in, like, eight different ways. Yeah. Not many guys can do that. Yeah, so I think it's going to be an exciting fight. Yeah. Oh, dude, Violent Bob Ross is fighting on this card. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that guy, just for his nickname. Um. So we actually have, to, to wrap up the podcast, we had two fan questions really yeah they're from the usuals but i'll take it so um what's up Sharanko? <laughs> uh i can't play the the message because so we originally planned on doing this one in person um unfortunately some things happened so i had to do it you know we had to do it remotely so um so Sharanko's question zach Sharanko's question was is Ichiro a the second unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer? Ooh. Um. You know what? Yeah. Definitely first ballot too. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm gonna go with yeah because I feel like you know everyone says like Derek Jeter was like the most likable guy in baseball, and to me. <laughs> Me and you, we, we've said this over and over again. We're not even big fans of Jeter. No, no, I'm not for sure, but... He's definitely overrated. Yeah, but um, I just, I feel like, you know, like Ichiro's like that most loved guy in baseball. And so I feel like he's never done anything wrong to a writer. And he's always been, you know, he's always been that respectful pro. And so I think based on his career numbers, obviously, which are insane, and his, you know, his love for the game and the way people love him, I think he will be the second unanimous um, Hall of Famer, especially like Mo. So like Mo, again, same thing, like great at what he did, but was also a great person, never ticked anyone off. And that's really what matters, because if you mess, if you make a writer mad, they're not going to vote for you. Yeah, and that's why... You know, outside of Bonds' past with, like, the steroids, that's honestly the main reason. And writers have publicly come out and said that is the main reason Bonds isn't in, because he was a dick to reporters. Well, you got all those guys like him. You got uh, McGuire's had run-ins. You mm, got Clement. Clement. Yeah, Clemens. Uh, because, you know, the, the reporters, when all that stuff was going down, everybody was getting busted for roids. They're like, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? Bro, they're getting enough pressure with... You know the uh, the commissioner about to suspend him, or them even going possibly to jail. So why would they want to talk about it to you, some 
you know, some low-level reporter. And, you know, half these guys shouldn't even have a vote. It should be player votes. I agree. It should be between players, other people in the Hall of Fame, and uh, managers and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, and then our second question was from Leon. How long do you think the Rams can maintain their roster with their uh, spending frenzy? Um, so, I basically just feel like the Rams have ar- their defense has already regressed. They've already lost some guys. So, I mean, yeah, they still have a lot of money tied up, but you know they've lost Joiner, they lost Sue, um, they re-signed Fowler, but I don't know. I I, I don't. I feel like in the NFL, like that's what makes the Patriots so amazing. Is you know in the NFL we don't see teams reign like they do, like the Patriots have. Yeah, um, I think the Rams are just going to be that team that's going to be very, very good, probably for like the next three to four years. But they're not going to have a consistent team. Their team is just going to be different every year. They're going to sign like those really good old dudes that, or maybe not old dudes, but like those guys that are really really good but like they've underperformed or they've been hurt and they're coming back from injury they're going to continuously sign guys to like one-year deals and low salary yeah like you I, saw with sue last year yeah i agree and I, I don't you know that's that's what i mean like we see teams you know be really good for three to four years then they don't necessarily go on a rebuild but they kind of take that step back and so that's why but you know what that that's okay for the rams yeah because that's what that's what that fan base needed like they left St. Louis because there was nothing left them for them there, other than the fans. There was literally nothing there for them. They they were bad for like ten years in a row, and then they moved to L.A. They're good again, and my, why why not just keep the fan base happy with a competitive team? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, uh, but I'll, I'll I'll give a question back to Leon. Um, I would love to see you perform the uh, Devil Goes Down to Georgia. <laughs> uh, we could make that happen. I think we should make that happen. Maybe while he's a little inebriated, I feel like it'll be even better. I'll have to tell him he has to listen so that uh, he can hear that. All right, well, let him know. Um, all right, well, that's it for bringing the heat episode thirty-three. Uh, a pretty good comic episode. Some funny moments. <laughs> Yeah, we started off a little dry, but I feel I feel like we picked it up towards the end. Yeah, well, I'm trying to be quiet because my son is sleeping, so I uh, don't want to wake him good old, up. Good old huddy buddy. Yep. Um, so make sure you check us out on all different platforms. We are all over the place now. We're on Overcast, uh, Pocket Cast, uh, Spotify. Yeah, Podbean, uh, Apple Podcast. Wait, Basically, what is it? I think it's like Podbean. Oh, dude, I deadass thought it was Bean Flicker. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Why didn't you correct me? Because I thought it was funny. Oh. Um, also, make sure you go check out Train on Main at 427 uh, Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. That's one of our sponsors. Uh, go train. see. Go see. Um, train on Main. <laughs> Go see Dan. It's uh, He'll hook you up with a good workout, work out with you one-on-one. Um, he knows what he's doing, so make sure you go check them out. Uh, and also, go check out any other podcast that you want to listen to. You know, leave leave the pin in, smash uh, match, you know. 
Those are good. Those are our buddies. Those are good podcasts as well. So go check them out. Um, anything else, Luke? Nah. Yeah, I think, I think we've said enough. I got to walk my dog. All right. Enjoy. Um, everyone share, retweet, tweet, subscribe to us, go, go to anchor, check us out. We will see you again on Tuesday. Peace out. I'm in